Bang! What's popping, people? We're back again. I hope you can hear me for another UFC breakdown. And listen, listen to the change in this quality of microphone. So you can hear me now. You can really hear me. That's much better, right? All my beautiful English accent that all the ladies love, even though I've got 99% of males watching me right now. I'm sure you guys still love it too. So What's popping, boys? We're back again. Another UFC breakdown. This time we're going to be speaking about UFC 298, which is a banger. You know, it was kind of a shit card last week. Like Entertainment value is shit. I ain't win too much money. Actually, I lost money last week. I lost a lot of money last week. So I'm hoping to come back with a bang. It was my first losing week of the entire year. So I wasn't too upset about it. I was already up over 55 units going into that card. So I wasn't super, super upset about it. But obviously, it still sucks. I'm never happy with losing. Even if I've won 50 events in a row, if I lose that event, I'm still going to be pissed. I was pissed last week. So I'm, especially with some of the reads I had were really good. They just didn't pan out. But it is what it is. We come back again. We regroup. And we continue to crush it like we do for the last six years, trapped online. And this card, I really love, guys. I really, really love this card. I love my bets on this card. I think I'm going to cash a lot of money on this card. The last pay-per-view we had, which was UFC 297, I won over $130,000. It was one of my biggest wins of all time. Earning over $100,000 in a day is something that, you know, when I sit back and think of it, is kind of the stuff of dreams. To me, it's fairly normal. But that's because when things happen in your life more than once, they do become normal. It's not like... um arrogant or thinking that oh yeah there's nothing to win a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand in one day it is a big thing i understand that but it's happened more than once for me so they kind of just become normality you know once you drive a lambo four or five times it's just normal and so that's what happened last week uh, last month at ufc 297 i won over a hundred thousand dollars it felt kind of normal but Hopefully, it's going to feel even more normal this weekend because I want to do it again. And I'm going to do my best to provide you with a lot of picks. I'm going to do something special for this week on this live stream right now. I am going to do a full card breakdown for you. I'm not going to be as long. I'm not going to go as in-depth in my breakdowns for the fights because I'm doing a full card breakdown. So I want to get through it quicker. You know, usually I do a main card breakdown only. But it's UFC 298. It's pay-per-view week. Last pay-per-view we won so much money i'm trying to come back and i want to do a full card breakdown for you so yeah man we're gonna get straight into it i will address the comments but i'll bring up my screen so you can see first fight of the night is andrea lee but yeah let me just address the comments first because you know i gotta address my guys we got okno zeke here saying your takes and analysis on mma has helped me with picks bets tremendously great that's what i'm here to do so i'm very happy that it's helped you Line movement the same. Do I like kale omelets? They're not bad, bro. I don't really have them too much. Usually, if anything, I have spinach in my omelet, but I haven't had omelet in a while, man. I've ate chicken and chips for the last two months, almost every day, bro. So, you know, I ain't been the healthiest of all time, but it's money season. It ain't health season right now for me. So, yeah. We love you, James. I love you too, my man, Eddie. We need a max play ASAP long over you, Jude. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. But, you know, the way I bet now is a little bit less risking on maxes and a little bit more risking on other plays. I actually bet more than I did, but I bet less on single plays. So we'll see. Let's go. I had a great card last week, up 32 units. That's massive. Well done, bro. Brandon Van says last week, one of those weeks. JB, put shredded cheese and spinach in your omelet. That's a banger. I've had that before, bro. Cheese omelet is just game over. Cheese on anything is game over. Will you... William Tyner saying it's been a minute. Congrats on a banger of a year. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's been a great one. Hopefully we can do it. Surprised you didn't profit last week. I had good reads. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I feel like we should have profited with the reads we had, but you know, sometimes you don't. It is what it is, man. Sometimes you have bad reads and you do profit. Well, else we got Dixon Cider, my man, going in depth on the on the food. You know how it goes. Fubu saying opposite size this week. That's the gamble, bro. Let's see how it goes. If I bet. Some amount of money on Ian Garriott will cash. Good luck. Um, run through them, son. Let's go. Let's go. I'm doing good cannabis. Hope you're doing good as well. Andrea Lee, the trend is your friend until it don't fade. The OnlyFans fade. We already know we're going to get into that one. Feel like you should cap fight distant in the future if you really like it rather than week off. I do that, bro. Don't worry about that. 
I, I cap my fights the week before, bro. But I just do the videos the week of. Um, cooking with James videos coming. Bro, I don't cook at all, man. I don't cook ever. I get other people to cook for me. But yeah. Like if you capped Tapori a month ago, you would have better odds. I did cap Tapori a month ago, bro. Don't worry about that. Um, I don't always bet, though. But yeah, we'll see, man. Anyway, straight back into it. Or straight into it. Andre Lee versus Miranda Maverick. I know a lot of people are on Andre Lee. I know Andre Lee is the quote-unquote value side. A lot of people are going to be saying that. I disagree. I think Andre Lee has shown many, many times in her entire UFC career that it's easy for you to take her down. She struggled with wrestlers. We see recently with the Vivian Arahujo fight, she struggled badly on the mat there. We've seen in the Roxanne Metaferi fight, she struggled badly with the takedowns there. We've seen in the Roxanne Metaferi rematch, she struggled badly with the takedowns there. Miranda Maverick is going to pursue takedowns. She will shoot takedowns. She's a good fighter. I don't think on the feet it's dramatically different. I mean, of course, I favor Andrea Lee on the feet, but she hasn't got that much knockout power unless she lands a random head kick or something. Miranda Maverick is fairly decent at staying out of range anyway. It's it's not often when the Miranda Maverick just gets run through on the feet. You know, she didn't get run through by Barbara on the feet. And I don't really think Andrea Lee is just going to be dominating her on the feet. I feel like it's going to be fairly close. But with the grappling, I think uh, Miranda Maverick has massive, massive upside in the grappling. I think she's going to be the physically stronger girl. I think she's going to be the one taking her down. Also, we have a 10-year age disadvantage for um, Andrea Lee in this fight. You know, nine years, whatever it is. And I think Miranda Maverick is going to get the takedowns. And I think she's going to win the fight. I don't know. It. I I'm picking decision. But I'd rather play the submission. Because the submission rounds two and round three which I've played on Miranda Maverick a couple of times in her career before. I remember against Priscilla Cachuera, I played that. And I also played that against Sabina Mazo, And we cashed uh, both of those. And I think the, you know, the round two, round three submission plays are probably better than the decision play. So I'm going with Miranda Maverick here. I think she gets the win. The next fight is Val Woodburn versus Oban Elliott. So I actually done more tape on this fight. This dude looks like John Haggerty a bit, who's also fighting on the weekend. Um... I did more tape on this fight earlier today, actually. Yeah, you, I don't know if some of you saw me post up some uh, Val Woodburn highlights because the commentator swore. But yeah, I was doing tape on this fight earlier today. And the reason for that is because I couldn't get a good read on it earlier in the week. And I've changed the way I tape fights these days. Oftentimes, I actually do more tape later in the week, whereas I never used to do that. I used to just bang out all my tape early and never go back to it again. Basically, never revisit it. Not never. Every now and then I did, but for the most part, I didn't. Now, I do tape earlier the week before. And if I can't get a read, I can just leave it. I can just put it to the back burner and I don't worry about it. Then as fight time approaches, I start to do more tape when I have time. And uh, that's what I've done with this week, this week with this fight. Because I couldn't get a good read on it. I mean, I thought Elliot should be the favorite. Val Woodburn hadn't shown me anything that he shouldn't be the favorite. And to be honest, doing tape, I don't feel much different. The only thing I feel is that me not getting a read was because this fight isn't easy to read. I think this fight is fairly volatile. No, I don't give Val Woodburn, you know, a massive chance of winning the fight, but I do give Val Woodburn more of a chance of winning the fight based on my read on the fight, which is just not that good. I think it's very hard to have a great read on this fight. Elliot seems like he's the much more technical and durable fighter. So, I mean, I don't know about durable because, like, we haven't seen Val Woodburn in too much trouble. And I have seen Elliot finish twice on the regional scene. But I, I think I think he's got a bit of a durability edge. And I also think he's got a technicality edge. And I just think he digs deep. I think, I think he can survive better. And I think he's going to be the one winning the fight. I think Val Woodburn gasses out. I think Elliot has a cardio advantage. So, yeah, man, I'm definitely picking Elliot to win the fight. Um, but I don't really know how the fight goes. It's a weird one, guys. Like, at the end of the day, Elliot is coming in off the um, coming in off the contender series here, right? And he's minus 300. I, don't, I can't agree with minus 300. I have to fully disagree with minus 300, to be honest, just because I don't, I don't really know how Elliot's going to perform on his UFC debut. And I don't really know how Vlad Woodburn's going to perform. Va Valentin doesn't look good to me, man. Like, he looks very stiff on the feet. Um, he's got a little bit of power, but he's very stiff, as I said. He just seems to want to crack someone with a big shot and, if not, get into a cage-pushing affair with them. 
and you know try and get them on the ground. I feel like if Val Woodburn gets on top here, he could do some damage. I've seen in more than one fight now, Elliot kind of gas out through the grappling and get finished. Fleming has done it, and then Figlak also done it. So that is a path for Valentin here. He's obviously coming down in weight. He's a heavy guy. If he gets on top, he can do some damage. But outside of that, I don't really see much outs for him to win. But I can't say minus 300 is accurate just because of... I don't know what we're getting with both fighters. So, yeah, it's a pass fight for me, guys. Maybe there's some props that I look at. But overall, I'm just going to I'm gonna watch this one. The next fight is Josh Quinlan versus Danny Barlow. So, I feel like Danny Barlow is the better striker. And the only thing I'll say that I'm worried about in terms of a Danny Barlow pick prediction is that Quinlan could potentially wrestle here. Because I don't think Barlow is the best on the mat from what I've seen. But... He's young in his career, 7-0. I think he's improving every fight. And I don't see Josh Quinlan as much of a wrestler. The guy is basically a striker with good power. So I think this is going to be a striking fight. And in this fight, I think that the better striker is Danny Barlow. So I have to go with the better striker in, the, um, in a striking fight, right? So Danny Barlow is the much cleaner striker. I think he sets his left hand up well. I said on Clint's Die Hard MMA podcast earlier in the week that I love these type of fighters that are clinical strikers, patient strikers who are southpaw. You know, I love those type. Conor McGregor. I like these type of fighters because I am too a southpaw and I like to emulate these type of fighters. You know, I don't go schizo in my fights. I like to take it patient, calm, collected. And so I always have a bias to these type of fighters. And so maybe I have a little bit of bias to Danny Barlow, but I can't lie and say that I'm picking Josh Quinlan to win the fight. I don't really see much outs for him to win other than the knockout. And I haven't seen too much from Barlow to tell me he's going to get knocked out here. Whereas I have seen Quinlan get desperate. I have seen Quinlan gas out a little bit. I have seen a pinpoint striker in Trey Waters beat Josh Quinlan. You know, he stayed tough in that fight. I did have Trey Waters by decision and Trey Waters money line. And so I feel like we're going to see something similar here. But I think Barlow's probably going to get a finish. But maybe Quinlan's just that tough that he doesn't finish him. So I'm not super confident on the finish. But my prediction is Danny Barlow via finish. Because I feel like he's kind of that Trey Waters archetype. But he's got much more power, in my opinion. And, and I think there's going to be a striking fight. So, yeah, I'm going with Danny Barlow to get the win there. The next fight is Ming Yang Zhang versus Brenson Ribeiro. So this is a fight I actually, again, like the Woodburn fight, done a little bit of tape on. But unlike the Woodburn fight, I'm actually changing my opinion on this fight. So I think Urban Elliott's going to win. I think he's going to get a second or third round finish just like I did last week. But I'm actually changing my opinion on this one. I, I picked, well, I didn't really pick it. I said in a diehead MMA podcast, I said this fight was basically a 50-50 and I'll go with Ribeiro. But I'm actually going with Zhang now. I'm changing my pick. Now, it's not a confident change of pick, but maybe the odds influence me. But I saw you can get Minyoung Zhang round one KO at plus 285. Now, I think that's a ridiculous line. I mean, Ribeiro has been knocked out in round one many, many times. Also, <laughs> it's quite funny Dixon said this because <laughs> I do have to go somewhere after this. So that's quite funny. I don't have it in. I, I'm not claiming any inheritance, but I have got to go somewhere. Um, but I'm doing a whole card, so I don't want to go on for too long. But yeah, I, I, I am picking Zhang. Like, I picked Ribeiro, but... Just thinking about it, guys. Ribeiro's been knocked out in round one many times. Yes, Zhang's been knocked out in round one too, but Min Young Zhang was a young guy when he got knocked out. For, I mean, I'm really thinking about the Mozarov fight, right? I think he was 21, uh, 20 or 21 against Askar Mozarov. I think he was actually 20 years of age. Now, yes, Mozarov is not a good fighter. It's not great to get knocked out against Mozarov, but he was 20 years of age. And they got in a swinging contest and anybody could have got knocked out in that fight. So I think a lot of people are going to be topology capping it, seeing that he got knocked out by Mozarov and going, like, oh, he's a terrible fighter. Let me bet on Brenton Ribeiro, who just got a brutal knockout on Dana White's contender series. But if you actually go back and watch the fight against Mozarov, anyone could have gone down in that fight. You know, anyone could have been knocked out. Anyone was almost finished. It just so happened that the 20-year-old got caught by a big, powerful guy in Mozarov. So I don't hold that against him too much. I think the China man is going to get his first round knockout here. He's done it many times before. It's happened to Ribeiro many times before. 
Ribeiro, in my opinion, is going to be better if the fight is a little bit more patient, a little bit more technical. But Zhang's not going to let him do that. Zhang's going to walk him down in range and throw big bangs. And I think that Zhang has a much better chin than Brenson Ribeiro. So I have to go with Zhang in this spot. By the way, it's not a confident pick. I think the fight could be potentially close to 50-50, though. So I ain't changing my breakdown too much. But I am, I am looking at the odds, seeing round one KO at plus 285. And most certainly liking that play. So I'm giving you out a play right now. Min Young Zhang at plus, um, round one KO at plus 285. And I actually bet that myself. I actually tipped it to my members at plus 260, which is the bet 365 price at the moment. So even if you get plus 260, I would even take Zhang round one KO at plus 200. I really would. I think Zhang's going to do his best to get a round one KO. Yes, he might not get it. But at two to one, at almost three to one, it, it's an easy play for me. Next fight is Rinya Nakamura versus Carlos Vera. I don't see how Carlos Vera stops the takedowns here. Rinya Nakamura might just knock him out on the feet, by the way, right? He's definitely very physical. He definitely can land a big shot. But if he doesn't, I don't see how Vera stops the takedowns here. We saw in his fight against Brad, he couldn't stop the takedowns. Rinya's much better control grappler than Brad, in my opinion. Way more physical, way stronger. The guy's like a mutant specimen in there. There's no way Rinya doesn't get takedowns in this fight. I'm picking the minus 1,000. I'm putting my balls on the line. I mean, it's an easy pick, right? Now, will he win the fight inside the distance? I feel like everyone's slamming inside the distance. And while I do feel like he gets his finish, I'm not sure I would be, you know, putting all of my money on minus 300 or minus 250 fight doesn't go to decision. I'm not even saying there isn't value on that. You know, under two and a half at dollar sixty. I would probably line it dollar forty or something, to be honest. So I would say, you know, around there, maybe or maybe maybe dollar forty-five or dollar forty-four sounds about right. So there is a like there is potential value on it, but would I be playing a max bet on it? No, just because I feel like in this fight, Carlos Vera is just going to be surviving, you know. And when you have a fighter surviving, oftentimes it's very hard to finish him. And we saw that in Rinya Nakamura's last fight, where I bet the over where I bet the goes to decision, right? Fernie Garcia would just survive it in that fight. And it is possible that Nakamura can't get a submission, but, or, or, or a knockout. But I do think that Nakamura finds a finish. And most certainly you play the submission at plus 300 over the knockout on minus 150. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to play knockout here when the submission is just as live for a much, much better price. Of course, it's going to end up that Rinya gets a knockout because that's just how the way these things go. But yeah, I'm going to pick Rinya Nakamura by submission in this spot. I just feel like the odds are forcing me to pick that play. And yeah, I kind of like it. Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Justin Tuffer. Another one where de Lima seems like the obvious side on paper. But I tend to think that Justin Tuffer finds his knockout sooner or later. And the reason for that is because de Lima gasses in every fight. Yes, tougher gas is in every fight, but we've also got the Lima guest. I would most certainly favor a gas tougher over a guest the Lima. And the only reason for that is because I think tougher's probably a better hammer than the Lima is a nail, right? Or tougher's a better nail than the Lima. So I feel like if they're both gassed, if it's both sloppy, tougher's probably going to be the one winning the fight. I also think tougher is the natural, more natural heavyweight. So that's why I favor him as well. And on top of that, he hits harder. Or at least hard, he carries his power later. I don't. I think Delima hits hard, but I don't think he hits that hard in round two and round three. Whereas I think Tuffer hits naturally hard. It's not like Delima hits hard based on physicality and athleticism. He's not just like a natural power puncher. Whereas Tuffer, it's not about athleticism or power or or, um, or yeah, athleticism or speed. Right? It's just pure power. So that's another reason I favor Tuffer to find the chin. It goes late. Also. I think that tougher being Southpaw and tougher being a heavy guy that Delima probably can't wrestle for all three rounds, like he did against Maurice Green or that tall guy, I can't remember his name, uh, Adam Wichosek or something like that. Um, I think that that just gives tougher a little bit more outs to win. So, yes, of course, Delima has many, many different advantages in this fight, but just looking at the fight stylistically, I feel like Tuffer's going to find the chin uh, sooner rather than later. So my prediction is Tuffer via KO in round two. The next fight is Amanda Lemos versus Mackenzie Dern. A uh, very good fight here. I cashed, a, I cashed on Jessica Andrade in her fight against Mackenzie Dern. 
And I feel like the odds are swinging too heavily in the favor of Lemos, probably based on that Jessica Andrade fight. You know, she got brutalized in that Andrade fight. She got beat up. She got battered. She looked like an amateur in that fight. But Jessica Andrade is way stronger than Amanda Lemos. She, her body type is way shorter, way stockier. She can sprawl and brawl much better. I don't think that Amanda Lemos is going to be able to do what Jessica Andrade done. And I love Lemos. Lemos is one of my favorite fighters of all time. We know this. But Lemos is also coming off a bad, bad beatdown. Lemos is also coming off a title uh, fight. We've oftentimes, guys, when fighters fight for the title and they don't win, their careers tend to go downhill. Not all the time, but they do happen a lot. And so I feel like that may be what we see here. Uh, there's some questions on how Lemos will come back. And yes, there is questions on how Dern will come back from a bad, bad beatdown. First stoppage loss of her entire career. You know, it was apparently impossible to knock out Dern. So there is some questions on the Dern side as well. But I think that based on what I've said, I think Dern is going to be able to get to takedowns here. And I actually think she submits Amanda Lemos in this fight. I hate to say it. Amanda Lemos is a clean striker. She would definitely be able to land here. You know, of course, she can land a knockout blow. But Dern is very tough. I think Dern can even have striking success here because I think she can do a Marab in where she shoots a takedown, doesn't get it, but then comes upstairs with a couple of shots, lands a big overhand, shoots again for a takedown, makes it gritty, makes it dirty, makes it grimy, does those weird judo frips, maybe gets inside trip takedown, outside trip, maybe even pulls guard. Like, I think she can make the fight grimy, dirty. And Amanda Lemos doesn't like those type of fights. Amanda Lemos likes clean fights where she's outside striking and she can land a nice shot down the middle. But I don't think Mackenzie Dern is going to let give her that in this fight. I think that Mackenzie Dern is going to be able to get her down, make it grimy, make it dirty. And I think at plus money, Mackenzie Dern has to be the side here. Next fight is Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Roman Kopilov. Yeah, I'm picking Hernandez all day here. I understand Roman Kopilov could potentially land a body shot early. But outside of that, guys, you can't really tell me Kopilov's going to be stuffing takedowns, making it a dog fight, hitting Fluffy in the body. It's, got, it's a back and forth fight. I don't really think that's going to be the case. Now, Fluffy does tend to get in back and forth fights or at least dirty, grimy fights where fighters can get up from his takedown. So it could be a back and forth fight in the fact that, you know, Fluffy isn't just instantly submitting him. But I don't think it's going to be back and forth in terms of damage or just in terms of like overall outs to win. Maybe it looks back and forth because... Fluffy doesn't keep him down straight away. And then Kopilov gets back to his feet and lands a body shot. But I think Fluffy will be straight back in on the takedowns and eventually he will break him, right? So there's a very big difference between a back and forth fight and a fight in which both fighters are having moments, but one fighter is completely controlling the pace, completely dictating where the fight takes place and owning the cardio battle and just the overall dynamic of the fight battle. So I feel like Fluffy's going to win that battle easily. Um, and if he doesn't get a knockout, I really believe that Hernandez is just going to dominate him. I think Fluffy Hernandez to win in round two and round three is an easy, easy play. Um, and that's my prediction. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez to win in round three via Submission, probably submission, guys. Probably guillotine or arm triangle. That's what I'm going to go for there. Uh, this is a great fight and probably my favorite fight on the card. Um, yeah, probably my favorite. I, I, I mean, Fluffy, man. Fluffy is just going to be a great fight. Obviously, this is another great fight, but yeah, I mean, we can go back and forth on what my favorite fight on the card is. I think both of them are, are good. Um, Marab Devalishvili versus Henry Cejudo. I'm just going to chat to some of the people in the comments because we're running through this, guys. And yeah, Dixon saying this reeks of Delima unanimous decision from getting multiple takedowns. I mean, we've seen it multiple times in his career. Maurice Green, Adam Wojcik, which is definitely not his name. So we could see it again. Um, where's Jewish better? He was here earlier. JB, where you at, bro? Bar pick saying, let's go. Let's go. 1-800-GAMBLERS fight. Tuffer was still thrown with Vanderia at the end of the fight. Gassy, yes, but not daft guests like Delima. Yeah, I mean, Delima was still throwing at the end of the fight against Blagoy Ivanov as well, right? And Ivanov is the type of fighter who will break you down. So 
I don't really think that like one fighter gas is way worse than the other. To be honest, I think it's very similar. What I do think the difference is in the terms of the gas, though, is the nail. I don't think Delima is a good nail. Like when Delima gets it put, I mean, the guy taps out to terrible, terrible positions. We've seen him tap out to OSP, Antigulov. These are not not normal tap outs. These are tap outs. I mean, the forearm choke against like the guy is just a bit of a flake, right? When he gets put on him, and I haven't seen tougher flake when he got put on him. He got put on him bad against Fantera, which isn't a good sign, but he didn't flake in that fight. So, yeah, I feel like you, and you might be saying this as well, but I feel like maybe a better way of putting that is that they both gas fairly similar, but one fighter tends to flake from certain positions, whereas Tuffer doesn't flake. Yeah, he's been knocked out cold, but that's not a flake. That's getting knocked out cold. So, yeah, I like Tuffer to catch a shot, uh, to, ca to catch a knockout. What else we got? Um, people are doing a one-to-one -one comparison of Jessica and Amanda. Yeah, I agree that. Also, don't pay attention to fighter talk that much, but Dern says she's really focusing on the takedowns in this camp. It's crazy how many people are on Copylov this week. I haven't had one person on Copylov. Well, you must not watch any content. It's fluffy season. Um, I know my boy Grace Ban. Uh, I know my boy Fubu is on Copylov. He's saying Copylov's going to surprise some people with the takedown defense here. Yeah, but don't you think that like, I mean, he's got decent takedown defense, but if you chain takedowns together, the guy is fucked. Don't you think that? Like, I'm not going to be surprised if he stuffs takedowns here. I will be surprised if he stuffs multiple chain takedowns together. That I will be surprised of, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stuffs one or two. I mean, Fluffy's going to shoot 15 here. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, what else we got? You played Roman. I'm all the same spots. At, I'm on all the same spots as you, James. It's a good feeling. Let's go. George Lawyer is saying, or Jorge is saying, let's win this week, my boy. Can you tell me if your name is Jorge or George? I mean, it's Jorge, right? Like in the country or background ethnicity where your name came from. But probably people call you George as well. Just wondering. I had a guy in my, this is a funny story, boys. I had a guy in my primary school called George, right? But his name was pronounced Jorge right? Or, or Jorge or whatever. But everyone called him your gay because we was young kids. We was like eight years old in primary school, right? I'm talking year three, year two, right? Which is probably seven, eight, nine years old. And everyone used to bully him and call him your gay, which is very horrible. But we're eight years old. Like it is what it is. And he was a very good footballer. He was from Spain, I think, or somewhere like that. And I got him in a pedigree and I got expelled from school. Actually, I didn't get expelled, but they expelled me for like a week. I, I came back in. Do you remember that pedigree? You know, Triple H, he does that pedigree. So like, it's a it's a wrestling move for those of you who don't know. You put the dude like down in between your knees and you basically jump up, make them land on their face and it's meant to knock them out. And I've got this Jorge in this move, pedigreed him, his nose burst open, was bleeding everywhere. All of the girls and all the eight-year-old girls in the class were like, oh my God, screaming and shit. And I got in big trouble for that, man. Like, he ran to the teacher. His nose was all bust open. And the worst thing about it was it was at home time. So, like, all the parents were in the playground. And the parents see him with all blood on the face. And then my mom was like, what the fuck? And then I got in trouble. Mom was like, you did this to him? Like, what the fuck? So, that's a story about my man, Jorge. If you're around, bro, I apologize. I didn't mean it. But we move on. Um, next fight, Marab Devalishvili versus Henry Cejudo. This is a banger. But I think that is Henry Cejudo's time. And when I say time, I mean time to pack it in, right? Or I guess I could say it's Marab's time. I think it's Hemro. I think Henry Cejudo has had his time. Maybe I should word it like that. Cejudo's a great fighter, man, but I don't really like his chances in this fight. Marab is going to shoot 50 to iron. Right. Marab's probably going to shoot 20 takedowns. The Marab performance against Peter Yarm was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in the UFC octagon. Uh, I was not expecting it at all. I couldn't believe it. And to see him do what he did to Peter Yarm, I can't doubt him anymore. Why can he not do the same to Henry Cejudo? I said a tweet on my Twitter, not, not to... Let me see where we're at. I said a tweet on my Twitter a couple of days ago, boys, and I'm going to show you this right now. So we'll go here. And this tweet kind of sums up how I feel about Marab's chances to take down Henry Cejudo. A lot of people are saying Cejudo will use his, what's that? Cejudo will use his wrestling to defend takedowns and win on the feet. 
In my opinion, Peter Yan could be a better defensive wrestler than Cejudo. Jose Aldo, who is a lifelong striker, is definitely a better defensive wrestler than Henry Cejudo. This is mixed martial arts, right? So why can't Marab just shoot 20 takedowns on Henry Cejudo, make him second-guess himself, and win the fight? I don't see any reason why he can't do that. Henry Cejudo has been taken down before. I think he can get taken down again. But more than likely, he stuffed the takedowns, but can't get his game going. Henry Cejudo probably wants to keep this at range and snipe him. Now, I've heard a few people saying that if Henry Cejudo goes to the takedowns here, and I actually think that that's the chance to beat Marab. I think that's how you beat Marab. I think that Henry Cejudo is the one who needs to shoot takedowns in this fight because we've seen Marab taken down before. I think Cejudo has better takedown defense than Marab, which is what my man MMA prediction guru said, right? Um, Henry has better takedown defense than Marab does. And I agree with that, but that has nothing to do with my post here, right? But that is a separate talking point to where can Cejudo also go for the takedowns? And I believe he can. And I believe that is a chance to win. But I don't think Cejudo really has it in him at this stage of his career, 37 years old, coming back off shoulder injuries, coming back off a loss to Aljamain in a fight that he thought he won, coming back from a fight where you fought for the title, you didn't win the title. It's very hard to come back from these defeats, from these title defeats. It's very, very hard, guys. It's not easy. On top of that, the guy's a flyweight fighting a bantamweight. Let's not forget that, right? The guy is a flyweight. Uh, Marav Devalishvili is the bigger guy here. Not by much, but he is the bigger guy. You know, he has a slight height advantage and he has a slight reach advantage, right? So we have to always remember that as well. Is Henry really going to be able to shoot takedowns for three rounds? I don't, I don't know if he's got the gas to do it. He's got great gas tank. I don't know if at 37 years old, he's got the gas to keep up with Marab's pace and also shoot tons of takedowns. I don't know if he's got the gas to say that. I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, man, you're saying that an Olympic wrestler hasn't got the gas. Like, yes, I am saying that, guys. I think Marab's going to win the fight. I think he can win on the feet with the take. Like, just like I think Dern can win moments on the feet with takedowns and pressure. I think that Marab can win takedowns, uh, win on the feet with takedowns and pressure. It's not going to look pretty. It's not going to look ugly. But Marab never makes it look pretty or ugly. I think Cejudo's best chance to win here is landing a knockout, which obviously can happen, or taking Marab down himself. But I just don't think he's going to win the scrambles against Marab. I honestly don't, man. I think Marab's going to be the one shooting, going to have more gas, going to have the better cardio, going to have the better pace, going to have the better pressure, may even be stronger or at least as strong. I just think Marab's going to have more output, more volume. I think Marab's going to win the fight, man. Um, that's my prediction. The next fight is Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary. I like Ian Gary in this spot. I think he's the cleanest striker. I think he has way more tools. Um, I think the Jeff Neal's high kick is going to be shut down because of Ian, McGarry, uh, Ian Gary's stance. I think the rear hand and, and, and the rear leg from Jeff Neal, he will not be able to get that off as much as he likes to do. And that is his best weapon. Um, so, yeah, man, I think Gary's going to skirt on the outside. I think Gary's going to be able to leg kick, leg kick. There is a chance that Gary lands a knockout in this spot. You know, Jeff Neal went to absolute war in his last fight with Shavkat. And that takes things out of you, you know. It's funny because we see fighters go to war. And in the next fight, they get turned off by one shot. Ian Gary has a great high kick. I don't think he's going to be landing a lot of knockouts with his hands. But I do think that, you know, he can get a lot of high kick knockouts. Um, overall, I think Ian Gary probably just wins a decision. But I think he's going to outsmart Jeff Neal. I think he's going to look like a big favorite in this fight. I actually do. I think, you know, I bet it, for what it's worth, I bet Ian Gary a long time ago. Ian Gary was my first bet of the card. I bet him at minus 200 or minus 210 or something. I don't know what the line is now. I think it swelled a little bit. Uh, yeah, minus 235, minus 240. So we beat the line there. Um, all of my members on my website beat the line as well. I just think Gary's the better striker at this point, And I think it's going to be a striking fight, you know? There's no chance Jeff Neal takes him down here. So, uh, yeah, man, Ian Gary's going to win the fight, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of outside of the octagon stuff going on, but for me, man, I'm going with Ian Gary. Now we're on the co-main event and the main event. I'm going to address some of the chat before we get onto the co-main and the main. And then, yeah, man, Cheeky's saying, if you're going to play Kopilov, why not wait live? You'll get the KO price without the pre-Ross flop theory. No, I actually disagree with that a lot. Um, I think that if Kopilov wins, it's probably in round one. So actually seeing the fight completely different there. I don't see how you can say that, you know, he's going to get KO in round two and round three. That is Fluffy's game. If you don't catch Fluffy early, that guy's going to run all over you, man. I don't, like, and Kopilov's a striker. 
You know, so why can't he get the knockout in round one? I, I definitely heavily disagree with that one, to be honest, my man. Fuba's saying he got a couple of money line plus 170, but I'm happy with the number. He also thinks he has a dis- decent chance of finishing it in the first. Yeah, I agree. Watch Fluffy versus Park. That's the fight that shows me the possibility. Yeah, I've watched that fight. <clears throat> I've, and I've watched that fight many times. That was an absolute war, a great, great back and forth war. But Park has a lot more in the takedowns and off his back than Kopilov. I mean, let's just be honest. How many times have we seen Kopilov on his back? Twice. Once against Carl Roberson, yeah? And once against um, uh, Albert Dariah, right? Yes, okay, Ribeiro kind of jumped on him after the knockdown. And has been a, Josh Friend kind of got him half down, but not really against the cage. I'm talking about flat on your back, in jiu-jitsu positions. How many times have we seen him? Twice in the UFC, at least, right? Carl Roberson completely dominated him, submitted him. Easy, easy. I bet Kopilov against Carl Robinson at Pickham. Insanity he lost that fight. Anyway, I forgave him for that fight. And I've bet on Kopilov many times after that, including a plus 140 against Paneheli Soriano last year. Um, but the second time we see him off his back against Albert Dariev, and that was brutality. Albert Dariev destroyed him, made him look like a child and... We saw what Park done to Albert Dariev on the ground, right? So, you know, we can say MMA math and stuff like that, and I don't want to do that, but Fluffy Park is also kind of MMA math in it because I just feel like Park is just so much better in the defensive grappling and even in the jiu-jitsu than my man um, uh, Kopilov. So there we go. That's what I'm worried about. Even if you can stuff the takedowns, you're still on the defense the whole time when you're fighting Marab. It's not enough to just defend the takedown. Exactly. Pete Yan defended 80% of the takedowns, right? Or 70%. But he still got dominated in the fight. Mark saying, look at the Cejudo Aljo fight. I actually think Henry won that fight. And I bet you Aljo dogs Marab in the gym. This is a very tough one. I don't know if I'm betting this one. <clears throat> you know, they've spoken about it. <clears throat> and I think Marab has said stuff like, oh, we'll never fight Aljo. Aljo's the best fighter. But I don't know, man. I, th- I think Marab could be- beat Aljo, to be honest. I actually potentially would pick Aljo just because I feel like he could catch him in a crazy submission, which we've seen Marab caught him before, namely the Ricky Simone submission. Um, and a couple of other times he'd been put in the submission uh, defense. But I don't think Aljo dogs him at all, to be honest. It's a very close fight. Um, what else we got? I think Marab's a harder fight than Aljo. Spit's probably the way to go. Henry's going to knock him out. You heard it here first. Well, I have not heard it here first. I've heard it other places, but I've heard it here second. So shout out to you. You think Henry has the finishing upside and better chance of a KO? I completely agree there. Um, Anybody else on Neil? I haven't heard a single person pick him. That's very surprising. I feel like Neil would be a big play this week, but maybe the value boys are not really loving it. What else we got going? Do you like the over two and a half rounds for the Marab versus Henry fight as a good parlay piece? Um, it's very juiced, but I, I, I do. I, I do. I don't think there's a finish in that fight, but yeah, I don't know. I agree with everything James said, but I played Neil. I also think if anyone initiates grappling, it will be Gary. Yeah, I agree. I think you get takedowns here as well, but I, actually, I don't know, man. Neil's such a good defensive grappler. What else we got? Gary pissed me off in a Magni fight. Could have finished him at any point. Yeah, but was that smart? Was it smart? I don't know. It seemed like he could have just easily finished him, but maybe it was smart not to. What else we got going here? I've got a feeling about Costa. I feel like he might have got a KO. Yeah, guys, tell me what you feel about this fight because I don't have a great read on it. I'm trying to stop myself from betting, um, and we'll get onto the fight now. I'm trying to stop myself from betting on Robert Whitaker via decision at plus 130 because I feel like I'm just forcing a play there. And shout out to the 150 live viewers we have right now. I'm not sure if it's a record, but I feel like it might be a record. One time we went up to like 400, but that's because my guy, uh, MMA guru, spammed all his guys, spammed the chat. So shout out to my guy there. Um, Thanks for that. But I think this is like organically, this might be the highest live viewers I've had, 150. And I never do it at the same time every week. So, you know, that's a big reason why as well. But yeah, I'm happy for everyone being here. Thanks for being here. If you haven't hit the like yet, please do. If we have 150 live viewers, and we don't have at least 100 likes. That means 33% of you are not hitting the like button. So please do that. But yeah, man, I'm trying to stop myself from betting Robert Whitaker via decision because I do think that's the way the fight goes. I might massively reduce the risk and play Robert Whitaker decision and Ian Gary decision in a parlay 
to give me something big like plus 400, plus 300. Um, but then I don't have to put as much money on it. So maybe I'll like attack it like that because I feel like both lines have a little bit of value. Um, but man, this fight is so weird. Like, how do we know how these fighters are going to come off their last fights? Like, guys, you're going to hear a lot of takes this week and people are going to be saying Costa's going to be able to pressure, Robert Whitaker's going to be able to bounce back. But the most important thing in this fight is the intangibles, guys. I don't know if you've been following me for long, but if you have, you know that I put out a lot of free content on my YouTube channel. And if you haven't subscribed, you're doing yourself a disservice because the free content I put on there is kind of disgusting. And by disgusting, I mean it's amazing. So definitely subscribe to me on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button right now on this video page if you haven't. And one of the videos I gave out was my 10 MMA betting principles. And I told you how to cap an MMA fight. There's three ways to cap an MMA fight. There's no other way, guys. The first way is stylistically. The second way is statistically. And the third way is intangibly, right? And I feel like what we need to be speaking about in this fight is the intangibles of the fight. The intangibles of the fight is how the fuck are these fighters going to come back off their last fights? Because Paolo Costa never fights. He hasn't fought in, he hasn't fought more than three times in many, many years, right? Like the guy's fought twice in like the last three years. He's always pulling out of fights or at least getting fights rescheduled. He's always talking shit on instagram on twitter i remember that fight against vittori he changed it fight week to 15 pounds higher the guy's a bit of a head case i cannot trust him so how do i know how he's going to come into that fight even in his last fight he didn't look good against luke rockhold even though he dominated the fight he didn't look good in that fight against a, a corpse of luke rockhold but the same with robert whitaker he didn't look good against Rickers Duplessis. I actually don't think robert whitaker has looked good for many years i don't even think he looked that good against marvin vittori it was so funny because one of the biggest, one of the most viral I ever went on Twitter was when I said that Robert Whitaker is past his prime after the Vittori fight. And everyone said to me, no, Vittori, um, that was one of his best performances ever. You're so wrong on this one. You're an idiot. And we saw in his next fight, he got washed. He had his worst career performance of his entire UFC career, right? Yes, Drickus Duplessis is good, but Drickus Duplessis ain't that good to do what he did against Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker didn't show up that fight. He didn't look good that fight. Drickus looked good, but Robert didn't look good, right? Two things can be the same. Yes, Drickus showed up, but also Robert didn't show up. Is he going to show up to this fight? I don't know. Costa could just knock this guy out. Overall, I think that Robert Whitaker is a much better striker. So, you know, with the intangibles aside, I'm definitely picking Robert Whitaker to win this fight. I'm picking him to win this fight via decision but man i don't know and we got onto the big one now boys alexander volkanovsky versus Ilya Taporia. but let me chat to the chat before we finish that that robertson fight was a shit look horrific look but honestly i've forgiven him that i've forgiven him for that because it was his debut and a long time ago i haven't however forgiven him for the albert duraev fight i have not forgiven him for how he looked on bottom there and i feel like that's how he's going to look on bottom here Rock Cold didn't get KO'd by Mike Perry and Bare Knuckle. Just couldn't handle the damage. Bang. I heard that today, actually, too, the producer. Damn, bro. That's So that's the third. The, we heard it here third. Cejudo, by decision, don't overthink it. It's destiny. I'm the guy who swore by Molly McCann via sub. It sounds like you're overthinking it if you're talking about destiny. Because you ain't talking about the stylistic matchups. But I wish you luck, brother. The M Molly McCann sub play was very sharp. We also hit that as well in the elite zone. So um, we was both thinking the same there, but we're not both thinking the same here. It may be Costa trolling, but a media day interview, he's very happy that Usada is gone. I think he's trolling, bro, but he probably is happy as well. Dog or pass, I bet Costa plus two, two. My name's James Farrell. You got a goat name, brother. Me, you, and James Bond, the trio. MMA guru, Pick Neil. Shout out to my man. He has to track, but he's wrong in that one. MMA guru is not a gambler like me. The guy's a prediction guy. The guy's my man, but you know, there's one gambler here. So who are you going to listen to? But hey, I'm not going to be writing all of my picks. Definitely not, right? So anyone can, a bro, what's it called? A broken clock is right twice a day, which is kind of bullshit because a broken clock may just not be right at all. But I just realized what that actually means because I'm such a smart guy off the top of my head in real time. 
I've realized what it means. They're saying if the clock is broken and it stays on the exact same time, then obviously that time comes twice a day, right? If we're talking a 24-hour clock. So what a smart man I am. Fubu is saying he has to trap Whitaker on the cage. Yes, he does. He only really unloads when he's got his opponent on the cage. Can he get Robert backed up? Not sure. Yeah, I agree, man. Honestly, uh, Fubu, I really think it comes down to what headspace these guys are in and how much they've trained and how ready they are for this fight and if they're weathered or not. I really think it comes back to that rather than stylistics. Raj is saying, I like I like Costa's chances. I think it will stay in Rob's face the entire time. Yeah, man, we'll see. We haven't really seen... You know, it's interesting. We haven't really seen Costa go against like an outside striker like Rob. We've only really seen him fight fighters who are going to stand in front of him or run away like um, Johnny Hendricks. The producer saying Rob is the better technical fighter, but I just like Costa here. Bum, bum, bum. Roger saying, regardless, though, I'll tell you, bet, brother. No bets at, yet at the moment, but we'll see. All the intangibles one needs in a past USADA era is, is secret juice. Yeah, I wouldn't seen him face to face. Exactly. Costa hasn't fought forever. He's also lost a fair amount of muscle. Is that a plus? Affect his power. Da, 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 da. Exactly. I think when we see this type of stuff, you know, what Fubu's saying here, it seems like it might be a pass fight. Now, obviously, just because there's loads of questions doesn't mean we pass. If we get massive plus money on something, then we don't pass. But I kind of feel like we pass. Cannabis is saying Fubu is weird. Brother! This is the gang here, man. Don't go against the gang. FUBU's always showing love in the chat. You're always showing love in the chat. Don't be spreading this bullshit, bro. FUBU's the man. He ain't saying nothing wrong. What has he said? That's weird. He's just talking about the fights. Literally. Anyway, what else we got? Wade is saying Luke fight was in Colorado. Everyone who doesn't like how it's your gas is there. That's true, brother. That is true. It's hard to know whether it's, you know, because of gas tank or because of... Um, What's it called? Because of, uh, yeah, uh, Colorado. It's true. Then no, 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 I don't put too much into the rock cold fight. Good gas tank altitude. Fucked him. Yang gas the same night. and doesn't really tire. It's true. It's true. Um, he did gas out in the Vittori fight in round three, but he came back in round four and round five. So, yeah, it's tough to know whether he got a second wind or it was just altitude. Yeah, I, but I, I tend to agree, you know, that it was probably altitude there. But the thing is, he didn't look good in that fight, right? Like, he was gassed, but rock cold was gassed too. And I just don't think he looked that great in that fight. But yeah, like regardless of the gas, just in general. But it's hard to know, right? Maybe the gas just looked him, made him look bad in all facets. But Rockhold mounted him and stuff. But yes, that could come down to the gas. Um, main event, I'm going with you. I must have forgot. We got a lot of stuff going here, boys. Two units on Volk minus 110. Let's go, man. All right. I'm going to get into the fight here. Asai is saying age is undefeated. He has to go with Taporia's boxing a better grappler here. I'm doing the same, man. I'm going with, I'm going against my boy, against the guy who has won me so much money, you know, over the years. I know how to pick a Volkanovsky fight, boys. Let's go through his career and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a Volkanovsky fight, how I've picked it, right? So I didn't actually bet on any of his fights in the come up here. That's because I really rated him, but I actually rated who he was going against. I didn't bet him against Chad Mendes. That was an even money fight, though. So I don't think many people did, right? But, you know, fair enough. He won there. I didn't bet him against Jose Aldo. But again, he was going up against one of the greatest fighters of all time. And he was even money, basically, right? So, you know, it makes sense to skip it. I didn't bet him against Max Holloway, right? Which, obviously, these would have been sharp plays. But I'm just telling you how I've capped his fights. I don't think passing on these fights was you know, a terrible, terrible decision based on what we knew, right? I think betting on Mendes, I think actually not betting on Mendes or Aldo or Holloway was actually quite sharp of me, you know, not betting against Volk. Now, after the Max Holloway fight, I'm like, all right, the guys beat Aldo and Holloway. I know his style now. I know he can go five rounds. I've seen it in a Holloway fight. I hadn't seen that before, right? So I couldn't really bet on him in that fight. And Holloway's so durable. I'm like, I don't think he's going to finish him. Aldo fight... That was a long time ago. Aldo was still good in 2019. So then I was like, all right, I know this guy now. I know his style. I know he can go five rounds. I trust him. Done. I bet on him against Max Holloway in this fight. I also bet on him to win via decision. Then I bet on him against Brian Ortega. I also bet on him to win via decision, which should have been inside the distance, but whatever. I knew Ortega was tough. Even though I got lucky on that bet, I cashed a bet. Again, another cashed play. I bet on him against Ortega. I also bet on him to win inside the distance against Korean Zombie. I cashed that play. 
I then bet on him again to beat Max Holloway and via decision. I cashed that play. I then bet on him to beat Islam Makachev. So we're undefeated at the moment. I lost that play, but I bet on a plus 250 in a fight that people said he won, right? It was a 50-50 fight on that day. I'm not saying overall. I'm saying on that day, it was a 50-50 fight. I believe that laying minus 250 on Islam Makachev was square in that play. And playing Volkanovski at plus 250 was sharp. So another great bet, in my opinion. I also bet on the under here because I thought he would finish Yair Rodriguez. I cashed that play again. And then in the rematch against Islam Makachev, I bet on Islam Makachev money line. I flipped from betting plus 250 against Makachev to betting minus 250 on Makachev. I also bet the under four and a half rounds. And I also bet on Makachev via KO, which basically nobody bet on the entire on the entire MMA community planet. No one was calling Makachev KO. I called it on my live stream. You can go watch it again. I called it. I gave it out as a bet. And I bet on it myself. So I'm undefeated on Volkanovski fights, except for the Makachev first fight, which I believe I won in terms of what the value side was, which is what we want to be getting on in gambling. But I guess I wasn't on the value side on Ortega decision. But maybe I was because I bet at like plus 150 or plus 160 or something. So, you know, maybe it does go to decision that many times. Anyway, guys, I'm saying that I'm good at calling his fights, right? Now, let's look at Ilya Tapori's record. I'm trying to set myself up to say I know how to cap these guys' fights, right? I bet on Ilya Taporia as an underdog against Yusuf Salau on his debut. Underdog against Yusuf Salau, right? I didn't bet on a Damon Jackson fight. He was minus 250. I didn't really care about it. I bet on him on a Ryan Hall fight. Uh, he was minus 225. I think I might have bet inside distance. I don't know. I bet on him in a Jai Herbert fight. Yes, he was a big favorite. I got minus 400. Maybe it didn't look good because he got knocked down. Whatever. I passed on the Bryce Mitchell fight. Yeah, should have bet on whatever I passed. I passed on the Emmett fight because it was such a big, big price. So I'm, again, I'm undefeated on Ilya Taporia fights and basically undefeated on Volkanovski fights as well. I think in this fight, guys, Ilya Taporia is going to finish Alexander Volkanovski. I think that the youth is massive in this fight. I think that coming off a brutal KO is massive in this fight only three months ago. I think is massive in this fight. I think Alexander Volkanovsky once again dropping down to 145 after going up to 155 again is something that we have to speak about in this fight. I think that the mental health issues that Volkanovsky was speaking about is something that we need to worry about in this fight. I think on the opposite side, Taporia's mental issues are, you know, seem to be very, very in line. He doesn't seem to have any issues whatsoever. He seems very confident. I think that the power advantage is massive in this spot. I think Taporia hits way harder than Volkanovsky. I think Taporia, although he gets hit a lot, it's because he steps in range. I think he's very technically sound once he gets in range. And yes, he can be hit, but that's because he wades into range. I don't think it's because he's bad technicality. I think that he's going to be able to land a knockout blow in close, close quarters against Volkanovsky. I don't think Volkanovsky hits hard enough to worry Taporia. I mean, Emmett hits hard as fuck, and Taporia was still going into close quarters with him. I don't see why he can't do it against Volkanovsky. I also think that the way he cuts off the cage is going to give Volkanovsky problems because he will get into a firefight if you push him. He did get into a firefight with Max a couple times, and he also got into a firefight with Chad Mendes. Chad Mendes dropped him, hurt him. He has been knocked out on the regional scene before. Islam Makachev dropped him, knocked him out. Islam Makachev dropped him in the first fight, wobbled him, hurt him. Um, and Max Holloway wobbled him twice, dropped him down twice to one knee, right? So he's been hurt many times throughout his career. Now he's fighting one of the most powerful punches he's already fought, uh, he's ever fought, coming off a brutal knockout, very bad knockout in round one. And on top of that, Taporia probably is the better submission grappler, is much better submission grappler here. And he's probably the better wrestler here, right? So he's going to be able to get a dash choke if, if Volkanovski shoots a lazy takedown. I think that stylistically, Taporia is the side. I think intangibly, Taporia is the side. Now, Volkanovski has fought a much higher level throughout his career. He's got much more experience. He's the more well-rounded fighter, in my opinion, just overall. I think Volkanovski kicks are way better. I think his timing is better. I think his distance control is better. I think his grappling is not better, but, you know, very similar. I think his cardio is probably better. I mean, Volkanovski's cardio, I mean, it's unexplainable. He out-cardioed Islam Makachev. I think his cardio is better. And so I do think he's the more, you know, he's much more experienced. Um, I think he's the more well-rounded fighter, but I think Taporia is going to finish this fight. I think it's Taporia's time. I'm going with 
Ilya Taporia. I'm picking the underdog in this spot. And yeah, man, I'm betting against Volkanovski for the second time in a row, but only the second time ever. And I'm picking Ilya Taporia once again, man. That's my breakdown for the entire card, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to chat to a few. Um, I'm going to address the chat before we go. If you have any questions for me, please hit me up. Other than that, I'm going to bow out, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I broke down the entire card in under an hour while addressing the chat many times. Jake is saying Sohudo by decision is destiny. They have plans for Volk Sohudo to save UFC 300. What's the last embedded? They fucked up giving it away. I don't agree with that, bro. Um, I don't believe in destiny in, in that regard. I feel like he's already had his destiny. He's triple C. I don't think you get two destinies in a way. Do you know what I mean? I think in MMA, I think you get one. I do believe in destiny in some way. I feel like McGregor was always going to become champion. It was just written in the stars. I actually do believe that. Belief and energy and manifestation is a real thing about life, no matter who tells you it's not. It is most certainly a real thing. There are powers in the universe that can be used and used to your benefit. And I do believe that certain fighters have used them in the past, just like anybody in any vocation. I don't think that's happening here. I think he's already used it. I think he's out of destiny. I don't know how much credit you give to what fighters say about their approach, but on Rob's YouTube and interviews, he's pushing for a finish because last fight. I don't give any credence to when they say they're pushing for a finish because they're always pushing for a finish. Every fight. There's no difference just because they say they are. But shout out to you, brother. I really appreciate you giving me um, $5, $4.99. I'm going to put that on a parlay or something like that. The It Factor saying, James, how do you feel about Volk Taporia to go to distance plus 120? I don't like it at all. I think Taporia is going to finish him. Taporia club and sub is definitely live. I feel like more often than not, it's the KO. But yeah, man, I like it. Thoughts on round one and two Ilya props? Yeah, I like it. But I feel like it can come anytime. I feel like it can come in round three. I feel like it can come in round two. I mean, yeah, round four. I, 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 I'm, I wouldn't be massively surprised if it came in round three. Round four and round five, we're kind of pushing it a little bit. But I do think there's potential for Volk to kind of do well in round one, to pour it, to get his time in round two and finish him in round three. But yes, like I do think it comes in round one or two. Yeah. I feel like minus 110 on the GOAT featherweight is a must. I understand that. But outside him being the GOAT featherweight, why do we bet him? Like, is it just because he's the GOAT featherweight? Because I don't think that's a good enough chance to, I don't think that's a good enough reason to bet him just because he's the GOAT featherweight. I don't think that's a good enough reason, personally, because Henry Cejudo was the GOAT combat sports, and he was minus 110 against Aljo, and he lost. You know, matchups are matchups. Yes, I'm not giving a direct comparison. Yes, Cejudo has come back off three years. Yes, he could have won the fight. I'm just saying. A lot of people were saying that, the, you know, Henry Cejudo is an auto player at minus 110 because he's the GOAT. I don't, I don't agree. Who wins, Prime McGregor or Ilya Taporia? McGregor would probably shut his lights off. We've seen Taporia knocked down badly by Jai Herbert. Um, we've also seen him gas out before. So I'm not certain he's got better cardio than McGregor at 145, prime for prime. Um, I think McGregor probably shuts his lights, lights out. Prime McGregor at 145 is something that we rarely see in MMA. It's something that we almost have never seen in MMA. So, yeah, I think, I think he snipes him. Um, holy shit. I bet Makachev KO. So did I, brother. Me and you. But, yeah, yeah, I know a few people have told me that. But, I like, but, I haven't heard it myself until the people told me it. Volk all day, trust me. Well, I guess I'm going to have to trust you, bro. Tapori is acting like he already tapped. Yeah, I know. I, it's very hard to judge. Whether, do I like that he's acting like champ or do I dislike it? On the one hand, I like it. Confidence is great. On the other hand, I hate it. Why, why, why are you acting like you're champ when you're not? You know, but... I don't know, man. I like it. Taporia, 4-5, kind of spicy. I'm also parlaying over one and a half rounds. I would just say be careful one, over one and a half rounds, bro. I do think Taporia can finish it in round one or two for sure. Yeah, I feel you, Mark. It's going to be quick in my opinion. I definitely could see it. Um, yeah, I definitely could see it. I'm not betting this fight yet, but I do think Volk takes it. I thought that you are, would be betting Volk, Fubu, to be honest. Just know with... I don't know if we've spoke about it before. Maybe that's why I'm thinking you would bet Volk, but just knowing what type of guy you are, what type of better you are, I felt like you would be on Volkanovski here. But yeah, you're saying that Volk won't be there to be hit, and I actually think Volk may get on top and work this kid. 
Yeah, man, we'll see. Volk not being there to be hit is definitely a viable option. I feel like that's his path, just to dance on the outside. I just feel like Taporia has the power, has the physicality, has the athleticism, and has the cage cut and prowess to not let him dance. Um, I'm a fan of both, guy, both guys, but I think Volk's level of competition is way ahead. You don't have to think it, bro. You know it, right? That's true. People tend to forget he took the Islam fight on 11 days notice. I definitely don't forget that. That's why I bet on Islam minus 250. The fights Volk was rocked in. Mendes, he is light. He is better. Versus Max 2, he was running on zero sleep. Islam rolled two off the couch. The Sharps are sleeping on Volk here. What do you mean Mendes, he is light. He is better. If he's likely is better, then why did he get rocked? That's not a good thing. If you're likely is better than someone, you shouldn't be getting rocked. So I don't know why you've included that in. I don't know why you've included the Mendes thing in here. Max too, he was running on zero sleep. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, so he says, right? I mean, it's hard to quantify what people say, bro. It, it really is to just outright trust what they were saying. It's very hard, hard to, it's hard to quantify that, mate. Um, Islam too, he rolled off the couch half drunk. Again, he wasn't half drunk, but yes, yes, he did roll off the couch. That's why I bet on Islam Makachev. But, you know, you say oh, I'm sleep, I'm, or the shops are, uh, shops are sleeping on Volk. But the thing is, you can't include the Islam one because I bet on Islam at minus 250 for that reason. So I'm not just forgetting it now. I bet on it, right? I just, yeah, man. It's a great fight, though. You don't have to tap if you go to sleep. That's true. What's up, James and chat? I have Volk in this one personally, high level all around, but you made me second guess it. Topori is really a beast. Yeah, man. We've Has Topori ever fought someone with footwork? Jai Herbert has decent footwork. So, yes, he has. Of course, of course. This is the biggest step up in competition. He's never fought someone any remotely as good as Alexander Volkanovsky. And he never will, maybe. Volkanovsky is the best fighter of all time. Um... So it's tough to say, like, has he fought someone with that? Because, like, no one's as good as Volk. Do you know what I mean? So who could he have fought? But I guess, like, to answer your question, 100% he has in Jai Herbert and Yusuf Zalau. Those guys tried to dance on the outside with him, and they wasn't successful at all. But, yes, of course you can rebuttal that and say, well, they're not as good as Volkanovski. But, I mean, no one is, right? So, yeah, he has fought guys like that. Ilya, what round of method? Round two KO. Fubu, we've never seen Tabora has to push past any adversity outside of the Herbert head kick. But don't you think that was impressive? Herbert head kick? Don't you think that's impressive? I mean, that's adversity. Volk's cardio is second only to Marab. I agree. I think he can drag Ilya deep. He definitely can, brother. He definitely can. My super chat, bro, I answered that one, you know. There's just a lot of chat, so it's hard for me to get to everything. What else we got? Thanks, James. Keep putting out those shorts. I love them. We ain't stopping, bro. We ain't letting up on them motherfuckers. Um, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Volk is going to make Tapori gas out. I can see it, bro. I can see it. Saying Ilya is light years above a damn near prime Chad Mendes is something. The new fans. Yeah, I don't... Oh, you're saying he's light years above... Oh, okay. Was you saying he's light years above... Wait, what? No, no one said that. I don't think no one said that. He was saying that. Or maybe he said that. I don't know. Is that what he was saying? Was he saying, did he include the Mendez one? Because he was saying Mendez is light years above Ilya. Oh, yeah, but he's not saying Ilya is light years above Mendez. He's saying it's the other way around, if anything. I don't know, man. Too many comments. Volk today is light years better than he was versus Mendez, is what I meant to say. Right. Okay. Okay. He proved in the Max Trilogy the leaps he has made. Good luck on every other bet. Cheers, mate. Um, Volk today is light years bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. 100% agree. But the fact remains that he can still get into brawls, right? Like he got into brawls with Max a little bit and he got into brawls with Mendes. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got into a little bit of a brawl here. You know, he does like to stay in the pocket a little bit and land those beautiful shots he has. So I don't think that's going to be good for him here, but we'll see, man. I just don't like that Tapori is already saying he's UFC champ on his Instagram. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, who else said it? Um, Conor McGregor said it, and it went well for him. You know, obviously it doesn't go well for most people, but that's because most people don't become UFC champion, right? So, of course, it's not going to go well for 99% of people. Tafakeo might be the lock of the card. I wouldn't say lock, but I would say a decent play. So that's it, boys. 
I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. I spent some time on it. Um, I hope it was valuable to you. I hope it helps you earn some money. I am done. I am out. I'm going to get some food. Good luck on all your bets this weekend. Last thing I'm going to say is if you was thinking about signing up to me, right now is definitely the time to sign up. The last pay-per-view, as I've said, we won over $130,000. We won 44 units of tracked profit. I have tons of bets on the line again this weekend, and I'm trying to make 100K again. I'm very confident on my bets this weekend. I, I've given out almost no bets on this breakdown, although I've broken down the fights. You can skim through it and try and get all of my bets, but you ain't going to be able to get it because I've got tons of bets. You ain't going to be able to get all the prop methods. Last time on the UFC 297 card, we hit Gillian Robinson TKO round two. Gillian Robinson round two. Jazza Davicius round three. Neil Magny round three. Like all of these prop bets. We've got tons of round prop bets this week as well. So yeah, it's definitely a good time to sign up if you're thinking about it. I suggest signing up this weekend rather than any other one. But that's it, boys. I appreciate you being here. Cheers, James. Is your parlay show up on Friday? Yes, we're going to do the parlay show tomorrow. Um, the producer saying thanks for the content. Love your stuff. Good night, everybody. Appreciate you. Seriously, I love your knowledge of the game. It truly helps. I appreciate that, man. That's what I'm aiming to do. And Fubu saying hit the like. So I appreciate if you hit the like. And that's it, boys. Peace out. Good luck on your best this weekend. Big cash. Bang, bang, bang.